Welcome to Conversations with Owens Community College President, Dr. Dion D. Somerville. Hello, and welcome to my new podcast. I'm so happy that you can join me for this first episode, and I hope that you'll subscribe so that we can continue on this journey together. One of the things that I knew coming into the role as the eighth president of Owens Community College is that we touch literally every aspect of life in our community. For a community college, you know that your mission is to serve students, and by that you serve their families because one educated person doesn't only affect that individual, but it affects many people in their life's orbit. But then it also impacts business and industry, our communities, the region, and the state. What I found amazing is how pervasive that really is. I've had students who talk to me about how they didn't believe they were college material, but decided to give it a chance at Owens and the atmosphere, the faculty, the staff, all of that rallied around them where they realized that they did have the skills, they did have the talent to be able to succeed in our leaders in their communities today. That we have so many first responders who earn their training here at Owens. We have tons of people in healthcare, in dental hygiene, nurses, surgical technicians, all through throughout the region who are literally there in their careers because of Owens. We also have a lot of people who've worked here who fondly remember coming with their mother or their grandmother when they would come to work and recognize Owens as their second home and know that their loved ones had a great career here. And so this is a story that needs to be told. And moreover, it's a story that we didn't create by ourselves. We had many partners along the way and are looking to develop even more as we look to serve our region. This is the first episode of our podcast, and I'm excited to be joined by Ohio Department of Higher Education Chancellor Randy Gardner. He was appointed by Governor DeWine and oversees the state's two- and four-year colleges and universities, as well as Ohio Technical Centers. You can often find him at one of the state's many college and university campuses. You may recognize his name because before this role, he served a combined 33 years in the Ohio Senate and Ohio House of Representatives and held several leadership titles. One of the things that I like to say about higher education in Ohio is that there's room for all of us at the table. I'm a big believer in prioritizing collaboration, and I believe that Chancellor Gardner is someone who really appreciates that idea. Now, on a personal note, whenever I see Chancellor Gardner out and about, I like to joke with him about what color tie he's wearing because that's generally a nod for which institution he's visiting that day. The fact is, Chancellor Gardner is truly a champion for all of our institutions throughout the state, no matter what color of tie he's wearing. I'm glad that today he's wearing Owens red, and so I'm excited for this conversation to get started. Chancellor Gardner, thank you so much for being here today with us. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you more about your experience and some of your connections and goals in higher education and how it really relates to Owens. But one of the things that people may be interested in is about when and how you decided that you wanted education beyond high school. Well, first of all, uh, President, thank you for having me today and for uh, sharing some views about higher education and specifically about Owens, which is such an important place in Northwest Ohio, particularly, and has been a part of our family's life for a long time. And I just want to also congratulate you on your fast start as president. You've made a real impact in the community. And so congratulations for that. And we've got a lot more work to do 
together. So, yes, we do. And I know you're up to it, and uh, I look forward to it. Yes, I, there, was, there was almost no question that a post-secondary experience was going to be a part of my life. I had designs on being a school teacher out of high school, and I pursued that at Bowling Green State University and achieved that in those four years and was employed then in Wood County as a teacher for almost five years before I was appointed to the Ohio House of Representatives. And then for 33 years after that, I continued in that job until uh, the governor asked me to be chancellor. But specific about Owens, my wife Sandy is a graduate of Owens Community College, actually worked in the president's office back in the day, as we say. And my son, Brooks, came to uh, Owens immediately after high school spent two years on the golf team, did pretty well there, and actually became by the narrowest of margins, but uh, qualified to be an academic All-America at Owens. So the his, margin doesn't matter. His he made picture, it. His, he, was, he was efficient. <laughs> and his picture hangs in the hallways here at Owens as one of the academic All-Americas. So we're proud of that. Mm-hmm. And the experience at Owens was just perfect because he always wanted to eventually get a bachelor's in finance. And he achieved his first two years here at Owens. The credits matched up perfectly and went on to on BGSU and finished up his finance degree and is now working very close by at a major company in the Toledo area. So Owens has served our family well and it served Northwest Ohio well. As a state rep and state senator, uh, always uh, was here often uh, on the Owens campus and always viewed Owens as an important economic development and uh, education leader mm-hmm. in the region. And so it's kind of lots of Owens experiences and have to just admit that Owens continues to achieve in many different ways. And this last year with back-to-back national championships in different sports, volleyball and basketball, that's, I don't even know if that's ever, I, somebody has this answer, I suppose. If, it, if it's happened ever before in NCAA history, it might have only happened once or twice ever before. That's an, a, a stunning achievement. So even in athletics, uh, we've been following Owens. So. No, it's wonderful. And, you know, it's interesting because even as you talked about how Owens impacts your family, you know, you have one a son who transferred your wife got her degree here. I think it speaks to a lot of the different aspects that people can get at Owens. The student-athlete experience, transfer, if you're not interested in transfer, there's just lots of opportunities. But we know Owens is one of a lot of institutions of higher education in the state, two-year, four-year, private, public. Can you talk a little bit about how you see Owens fitting into the greater ecosystem of higher education here in Ohio? Be, be glad to. Yeah, I have about 135 campuses that are kind of under the sphere of influence or guided by policies, regulations, budgets, line items with the Department of Higher Education. So as chancellor, I get to see what I call Ohio's diversity of opportunity. We have more types of campuses. We have more, I think, excellence at the technical center, at the community college level, the four-year public and independent level than any state in the country. So it's an exciting position to be able to get to know and work with so many leaders and to help them serve students. The bottom line is how are we serving students? How are we serving the needs of them and their families? And how does that then translate to strengthening our state? So Owens is part of that continuum. We have 23 community colleges in the state. They're very important. They often can make decisions quickly. They can pivot to the needs of the community. We're now in the sphere of doing things like short-term certificates. It's not just a two-year degree. We've got that path, of course, a sustainable associate's degree over time. But we know that some students are older. Some need a credential or certificate quickly to strengthen them as an employee, might even be an incumbent worker. 
We may need part-time status because someone has a family or is employed. So Owens is one of those institutions that provides the flexibility to meet a lot of different needs. It's a very important part of our state's strategy to basically say this. This is what I think Governor DeWine wants us to say and wants us to, to follow through with is if you have a need or an interest or a career path, a skill set, a degree, If you want to achieve that, you should be able to find it here in Ohio somewhere. So it might be right around the corner at Owens. It might be across the state somewhere else. But our job is not to guide them into a specific path, but rather give students and families all the information they need to make the best decision for them. And it might be like it was for Brooks Gardner. The best path was to go to Owens for two years and then get that foundation in business and finance, and then move on to a bachelor's degree. It might be, for my wife's sake, getting her degree in executive secretarial and going on to uh, continuing to work after college. It's it's a variety of needs and interests, um, but Owens is right in the middle of all of that work. I was always very glad to have Owens be part of my House and Senate districts when I served in the legislature because it gave me a better understanding about the variety of needs we have for students. And I think that that's a huge opportunity for students and our families. And I think when I'm out in the community and talking to people and they're asking questions about, you know, what programs we have or certificates or whatever the case may be, they're always surprised at the breadth of programs or how many different options or even, you know, some of our athletics achievements didn't even know everything that existed here. And I think that, you know, we have a lot to do in terms of promoting the totality of the offerings that we have. One of the things that I've had the opportunity to see you do since being here is, and you mentioned Governor DeWine earlier in your comments, but you do a lot of connecting what's happening at the state level to higher education. You know, it's almost like you can see some of the goals or initiatives that are happening and making sure that higher education is poised from an economic development standpoint. And I've really appreciated that, especially being, you know, coming again to the state. I haven't been in Ohio for some time. And so it's great to have kind of that being on the lead edge of knowing what's happening in Ohio. And I think part of that, some of the initiatives that you mentioned for returning adults, workforce, things of that nature, really also seem to be in line with where we are with the announcement that Intel is coming and the impact that they will have on higher education and really how the, you know, all of the different institutions we have, how that was, you know, a factor in them coming. And so could you talk a little bit about how higher education plays a role in Ohio's economic development and economic growth and And in particular, because it is Community College Month, how community colleges in particular play a role in that. Great question and an exciting, really an exciting time in Ohio. Sometimes Ohioans are a little down on themselves about this Rust Belt image or, you know, connotations that you hear sometimes. Maybe it's the weather. Uh, It's getting a little, (laughs) getting a little better here in Northwest Ohio. So, you know, but, but sometimes Ohioans don't know enough or think enough about themselves. And the Intel announcement was huge, not just because there's immediate 3,000 mostly high-paying jobs and 7,000 construction jobs and a lot of investment, $20 billion of investment, which probably will grow if the CHIPS Act finally passes all the way through in the federal level, probably will grow to $100 billion in investment um, just from that company. And then you've got the spinoff companies, you've got the suppliers uh, and uh, contributors. And you also have this. 
anyone, any CEO who's thinking about expanding or moving anywhere in the greater Midwest has to at least make the phone call to Ohio and say, what are you doing there that attracted the largest investment of this type of technology to the state, the semiconductor chips industry, which is just important to almost every aspect of our lives. And they chose Ohio. Just phenomenal. So it is going to give us the opportunity to build on that. There will be some jobs that will, will barely need more than a high school education. There, there are some. There will be others that will have technical credentials and certificates. There will be some with associate degrees. There will be some with bachelor's and master's and doctorate. It's, it's the whole gamut. It's what we talk about, this diversity of opportunity. And where the community colleges come into play, about 70% of the jobs are not going to require a four-year degree with respect to Intel. So there are technology-based, uh, engineering-based type of occupations jobs that are going to be perfect for community colleges to participate in. Uh, we're still learning a little bit more specifically uh, what Intel, Intel's in charge of this. Uh, we're not deciding, we're not telling Intel what, what they need and what's best for them. This is driven by the private sector, but they will be uh, providing some investment, some specific opportunities, and just additional things for students to say, if you come to Ohio, look at what's available. Look at the jobs and the additional multiplier effect of what Intel and this new momentum on technology and innovation is going to mean for the state. There's something for everyone in this, but especially community colleges will be right in the forefront of uh, helping build out the Intel experience. And on top of that, the momentum that this will generate. Ohio is winning, and uh, this is a, a great example of that. And the momentum carried forward is going to be just unmistakable. So Owens uh, campuses of the state need to be ready because there's going to be lots of opportunity for you and for your students and for your faculty to really be a part of Ohio's, uh, I don't know if I want to call it a renaissance that's been used before, but there's clearly a lot of momentum going forward in this state. No, I agree. It's really exciting. And it's amazing how so many different entities are coming together. And I know one of the things that, that you're very fond of is when institutions partner together. And there's been a lot of partnership opportunities that have come out of the Intel conversations and institutions reaching out to one another who maybe haven't partnered in the past. And I think that's really exciting. And I think it, it gets the best, not only for Intel, but for our students and for our communities as well. If I could jump in there, I think the public expects colleges to try to work together. It's one thing, it's, it's, it's good competition on the football field or on the basketball court or the volleyball court. That's fine. We like that. We expect that. We enjoy that. But when it comes to serving the taxpayers and not doing as much as you can to collaborate, to basically kind of merge the strengths, I don't mean merge by Owens and Toledo and Bowling Green are going to become one, but we should at least work together to utilize each other's strengths to serve students, to make that tax dollar go a little farther to support students. And one thing is, this was before you came here, but a couple of years ago when the Euler Express and the Gray Wolf Express and the Rocket and Falcon Express, the Owens partnership to simultaneously enroll students and partner with both independent private institutions and our public four-year institutions in the area. My first testimony on the budget uh, a couple years ago was extolling the virtues of Owens reaching out and doing these programs. 
So I strongly believe in that, and we continually look for ways to have partnerships and collaborations. And I just think it's it's not only is it better for the student to give them those options, but it's smarter for the tax dollars and for the tuition dollars that are invested to look at the strengths of all of what Owens and Toledo and Lords and BG and Finley and how far does this podcast go, President? <laughs> I, 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 should, Forever. Should I should I name off 135 campuses to make sure I don't offend anyone? Uh, but, but even. But, out of state. I mean, but, we have articulation agreements right, with right. with other institutions, right. so it's great. Right, it is, and it and it's what what I think is just exciting about this role is just to learn so much about the ways we can find ways to work together. And you know, the governor just announced in his state of the state address some issues with mental health, and there are community colleges that have programs that are in the social work area and the behavioral health and mental health areas. Some of those certificates and credentials, some of those are degrees. They will be involved in that space. So it's just it's a real path. Passion for the governor that he announced in the state of the state address. So things like that just provide so many opportunities and a lot of a lot of work. But that's why we're in the positions we are to make a difference. So. Absolutely. Well, and I think Governor DeWine pledged assistance to institutions during the heart of COVID for mental health. And I think what we're seeing in several different careers is how the pandemic is affecting the workforce and shortages, things of that nature. And I think what's happening in mental health and is one example. Healthcare is another example. Certain hospitality industries, um, truck driving. There are so many industries that the pandemic really seemed to exacerbate any sort of issues or workforce development problems problems where it really seems like we're on the forefront of being able to help repair that really makes a difference. And I appreciate the leadership at the state level of being able to see it through throughout all aspects of the state, not just one or another, but really looking at how higher education can help solve some of those issues. Well, and you mentioned the phenomenal array of programs and things. You mentioned truck driving. So we have nine community colleges in the state that participated in a a new grant program that the General Assembly funded and the governor supported to help train CDL truck drivers. If, you know, an economy isn't going to be strong if you can't move product efficiently and have the, the, the workforce to move product. So we have a a new program that the Ohio Trucking Association thinks might be one of the best in the country that might actually be a model with a combination of grants and loans to serve people who want to get their CDL. But it's just important to the economy. And quite frankly, when I thought about being chancellor, I didn't think I would learn so much or be right involved in truck driver training, but we are because it's part of the workforce. And we have community colleges and adult career centers and even private training centers that are all a part of making sure that we meet that workforce need. So that was just announced $5 million over the next two years. And so we're going to have more people on the road that are going to be able to move product and support businesses and employ more Ohioans because of that program. And it's just uh, really dozens of, of different programs and they're striving to meet the needs of the state and of individual families and students. So you mentioned that when you started as chancellor, you wouldn't imagine that you'd be in, as involved training truck drivers. What have been some of the surprises since you've taken your role as chancellor? Surprises. Well, number one, I candidly didn't know what Governor DeWine's philosophy was on higher education much. I, I knew the governor when he was in Congress and the U.S. Senate as attorney general, worked on a couple of projects actually when he was attorney general but didn't really have a full understanding of his philosophy of higher education. And it was gratifying to me, and I was thankful, that we had pretty much the same philosophy that it's an all-of-the-above approach, that we shouldn't think of like Owens in a different vein or sector 
than Ohio State or the Career Center or that we're, quote, all in this together. And we're kind of like equal in the service of finding ways to support families and students. And so that that attitude was just really helpful. It would be difficult to serve a governor, to be in the governor's cabinet if you didn't have a fairly synonymous view of how to proceed on these types of things. And it doesn't mean we agree all the time, and you'll never read about it in the newspaper It'll be <laughs> if we don't. But, uh, but he's been very, very good in that way and has raised a number of issues with our colleges, has invited the presidents down to meet with him personally and listen very carefully to some of those needs. And that's how we're able to do the variety of things that we've been able to do. We were third best in the country during COVID in maintaining our state budget and adding discretionary Federal CARES Act dollars to uh, institutions of higher education. Number three in the country. So that was excellent. In fact, for a while, Colorado, I thought, was doing a great job. They even invested more than us. But then I found they just took their federal dollars and supplanted their state dollars. They cut their state budget by $400 million and added $400 million of federal money. That doesn't count, with all due respect, to the great state of Colorado. We didn't do that in Ohio. We were able to maintain our fundamental state support, and then we were able to add some additional dollars to help colleges get through the through the pandemic and to support like like some of the immediate things you had to do was to to increase your distance learning and your virtual learning and that that took a build out a quick build out to help do and we supported campuses in doing that for example so it's just been a fast pace i can't believe it's been over 3 years already but a fast pace run through a number of programs and just the diversity and the tremendous variety of needs that are to be met and to make sure that students know that college is a lot more affordable. And I know I'll say this, and some people perhaps listening might say, well, we're not sure about that. Well, I am sure about that. If you take advantage of both scholarships and grant and aid, complete the FAFSA. I didn't design the FAFSA. That's a federal, federal program. Eventually, they're going to move from 108 questions to 36. But the FAFSA gives you not only opportunities for direct federal cash, federal, these aren't loans. These are, these are actual grant and aids to help you with your college, but it's also necessary for some other scholarships and, um, and some other, at the institutional level. So we really encourage that to find out for yourself just how affordable it might be. And that can be traditional college or it could be credentials, certificates, whatever is helpful and needed by you and your family. So that's what we're about and we continue to promote that as well. Well, the affordability question is always an issue for higher education. And one of the things that I think um, community colleges in particular struggle with is we are less expensive, but we still have a very high value proposition for individuals, regardless of mm-hmm. what path. And you had mentioned transfer before and you know things of that nature. One of the ways that we think families can make higher education affordable is through participation in CCP or dual enrollment. Mm-hmm. And that's been an area where it's changed over the years in terms of the scope and wanting to make sure more people have an opportunity to engage in CCP programs. What is it that you see is one of the biggest values of the CCP program? And where do you see it going in the future? Uh, great question. College Credit Plus is something that was initiated a number of years ago, has actually reached now the $883 million level in terms of tuition that has been saved by students when they go on from their high school. One of the first students in Ohio to graduate from Owens simultaneously got their high school diploma. Actually, three weeks after they got their Owens diploma, was a student from Lake High School that I knew, went on to Wright State, 
So he became a junior at Wright State University on the day that he graduated from Owens, got his associate degree, and then went on to Wright State. That's happened about 5,600 times in Ohio, where students actually got their associate degree before they got their high school diploma a few weeks before. In fact, I hired one of my legislative aides, went to a community college for two years, went to Ohio State two years, graduated on time with honors. Remarkable. She was 20. And she got hired as a full-time legislative aide in, in a state senate office. Mine, another great story. So we've got one community college student who graduated last year in Ohio and is now uh, on the campus of Yale University. Is a Yale student. So community colleges really can serve not only with the degree that you can take out and be in the workforce immediately, but sometimes it can become an additional avenue to uh, go even further if you'd like or advance. But The College Credit Plus program also provides an opportunity for students who might not otherwise be able to begin their affordability path to do so in high school, to find out, is college really for me? And you might even find out maybe it's not, but at least that's even of of service to people. Uh, So I think we have to reach out. It's available. Uh, It's all a part of our affordability. If you can save one semester or maybe even a full year of college. Just think about percentage-wise that how much you've just cut your college time and value, dollar value to degree. Pretty significant. So we try to make that as convenient and as accessible as possible for students. I'm glad that Owens is, is uh, participates in the College Credit Plus program and anyone who might be listening to this that wants to learn more, call Owens, find out how you can participate. Well, thank you for that. We, yeah. d- we definitely welcome all those phone calls. I mean, I think for families in particular, the College Credit Plus program is, is an incredible opportunity because even if you don't have the privilege or the opportunity to get your associate's degree first, you know, you think about, you know, students, college is a time where, you know, you may have to, you may change your major or you may discover a minor you're interested in or, you know, you may stop out for one reason or another. It's credit that you never lose. It's yours. It's transcripted. It's available for whatever it is you want to do with it. And it's an incredible opportunity, not only from the learning perspective, but also for cost savings. And You know, at Owens, I know a lot of other institutions in Ohio have it as well. We have a Start Here scholarship specifically for students who come out of College Credit Plus to where it helps defray the cost even further once they get to Owens and want to finish their associate's degree. And But to your point earlier, it all starts with completing the FAFSA. Which none of us design, <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to get, but it's going to get, it's going to get a little bit better, a little bit more, more manageable. A lot of times, I hear families are surprised; they didn't think it was within reach, and they find out once there's the variety and array of programs and, and that we have in the state, as well as the federal grants, we can make it work. I've even told, I don't know if you'll appreciate this, President, or not. I always tell families if you want to go to a college, tell them you want to go and tell them what you want to pay. You might find that they will work with you. Colleges will, they want you to be students of theirs. They appreciate your enrollment. So talk to the college. Tell them what your needs are, what your interests are. See if they can make it work for you. Absolutely. Well, and not only for um, students who are coming out of high school, but also for returning adults. A lot of times that's a more complicated question because not only do you have the cost of tuition, but your living expenses may be different if you have a family you're trying to support. And so there's an opportunity for someone to sit down with someone knowledgeable in student financial services or financial aid, whatever, you know, throughout higher education to be able to work through what are some of those opportunities and how are you able to make that work for you as an individual. 
related to that, since your leadership, the Ohio Department of Higher Education has launched College Comeback, which is something we're really excited about. Can you talk a little more about that program and how it ties into workforce development and economic strength in Ohio? Love to. College Comeback really is a design for those who may have stopped out, paused out over the last five years, may even have some debt, may owe a few hundred dollars uh, or whatever, and may be an issue that has kind of dissuaded them from them coming back to college. What we want to say is we want to welcome you back. We want to help deal with that debt issue. And we have another program called Second Chance Grant Program, which could be up to $2,000 to welcome those back who have paused out or stopped out. We have about 1.3 million Ohioans who have some college credit, but not a degree or credential. And so to make them stronger, to provide more value as a prospective employee, it's a good thing to get your credential, your certificate, your degree. And so we welcome you back. Yeah, it's just, it makes sense from the state's perspective. It actually makes sense from the college's perspective to be able to bring back, build enrollments, and to serve families, students, to be more flexible for that adult learner. We have declining high school graduations in the state. It's not because our high schools are having a declining rate in terms of passage, but just the demographics. We're going to have fewer young people leaving high school over the next seven to 10 years. So to support Ohio's economy, we need people who have an ability to come back, take classes, get credential certificates, get that degree. And so College Comeback is all designed to welcome them back. It's important for our state. It's good for them and their careers. So that's what it's all about. And we just know the demographics just don't work for Ohio and most of the Midwest. If we're going to really be strong as a state economically, we have to bring back adults, encourage them to come back, welcome them back. How can we help you? How can we make this work for you and your family? That's what College Comeback is all about. We couldn't agree more. It's something we're excited about. And we know that the concern about demographics and really, you know, or or birth rates from back 20 years ago or more are really impacting almost the entire country. There are very few institutions throughout the country who aren't concerned about the changing demographics. And quite honestly, the pandemic will be another fixed point in time where in another 18, 20 years, they'll be looking at how has the pandemic even affected things more as we look out in the future. As we talk about returning adults overall, I think there's kind of an opportunity to think about what higher education needs to do, what it needs to look like in the future. Because we know that institutions have been around for returning adults for some time. Community colleges were founded on the premise of economic inclusion and wanting to provide opportunities for people who may not have found a home in other higher education venues at the time. And so as you kind of look ahead to what the future of higher education should be for the state of Ohio, what are some things that you hope we either do differently or can improve upon? I mean, we already have our funding model is based on student outcomes, and we know outcomes are important um, about educational attainment, retention, things of that nature, not just simply enrollment. But even kind of building on that, what are some of the things that you think are important for the future of higher education in the state? I'm really glad you mentioned Ohio's, and it's been that way for almost 10 years now, but Ohio has an unusual funding model in that we reward class, you know, course completions and graduation, not just how many students are enrolled. That's unusual. That's why Ohio's graduation rate has actually gone up pretty significantly over the last 10 years. So that didn't just start with me as chancellor, but we've embraced it. And it's a a real Ohio 
Ohio strength. The other thing is you've mentioned a couple times transfer. We have one of the best transfer programs in the country where students can be pretty well convinced or confident that their credits will transfer. Now, sometimes if you get certain courses, let's say at Owens, and you want to go to Ohio State and major in engineering, there may be some things in terms of the engineering criteria at Ohio State that all of those may not, but they'll all transfer to Ohio State. Some specific degrees or uh, majors may include some other additional requirements. But for the most part, our transfer policies have really been an Ohio strength, and we need to continue to build on those. Even life experiences, like industry recognized credentials that count, even if it wasn't done in college. If you're in the military, anybody out there who's a veteran who has military experience, we have something called MTAGs, which is a, a military assured guarantees that credits for military service that might not have even been in a college experience can transfer into immediate qualified college credit through your military experience. Just because you had a life experience that mattered, we ought to count it. So there's a lot of things like that that we really need to be as flexible as possible to increase attainment. And those that are listening also that might be aware, when you look just purely at the data, the statistics. You are going to have, on the whole, better wages, better healthcare outcomes, a better chance to be employed if you get your your associate's degree, for example, or if you get a credential or certificate or other degrees. It's just irrefutable. And especially during the pandemic, if you looked at what happened during the pandemic, I say that past tense. I know we're still <laughs> still working through it, but bottom line is those that didn't have the college degree or the college credentials were hit a lot harder during the pandemic than those who who had that college degree. So those are, these are things to think of when you think about uh, your life, your path, to, to have a solid future for your family, to prepare and to uh, support a family. It's really important to have that education background. It really is. And I think, you know, there's lots of criticisms, and there have been for ages, about higher education. It's like pick an issue and, you know, someone can, can have a conversation about it. But economists over and over again have proven that having some sort of experience post high school is the single most reliable factor for socioeconomic mobility, without question, hands down. And I think that that's why I do what I do and why you do what you do. It's really about improving people's lives. No doubt about it. It's just an honor to be in that position, to be able to serve. When I was in the House and Senate, those were additional opportunities to serve. But in this position now, to be able to focus, particularly to meet with you often as we do, or or to have those conversations and to, to talk directly with the governor and others around the state to be able to really work on these and try to advance what we know is important to families and students. People talk about in, we're, we're going to have in-demand jobs week here coming up in a couple of weeks. But for me, I'm going to veer from that definition of in-demand and say that in-demand is what you want. In-demand is what would serve you, your passion, what you want to do in your life. And in-demand should be trying to meet the needs of every student, every family. And so I'm not going to tell people, these are the top 10 jobs you ought to try to, to achieve. No, we want to serve you. And we want to provide the degree or the opportunity, the career path, the occupation. We want to be able to do that. And that's what we're striving to do in the chancellor's office. That's what the governor's trying to do. And I know that's what Owens is all about. I'm glad you're you're here on in two different locations in Northwest Ohio, <laughs> and really, in, in a way, really throughout, because you have additional impact on businesses. And, and then the Dana Center, the manufacturing, and some additional things that are going to be happening going forward in terms of meeting the economic needs of the region. Owens is just really important. You know, as much as we can do to be poised to help 
our students, our communities, business and industry, and our state moving forward. That's what we're all about. You had mentioned earlier the prior learning assessment and MTAGs and a variety of ways that things are credentialed. And it's really interesting because there's been a few articles and white papers that have come out that have talked about the shifting of job ads and how they're not just focused on a specific degree anymore, that they're looking at skills and abilities and things of that nature. And I know we're, we just hired someone to do prior learning assessment in a role that's here and looking at MTAGs, things of that nature. Can you speak a little bit about where you might see that headed as part of higher education and how that fits into the path forward? Two things come to mind. One, the prior learning assessment, those issues, that just basically means it's not just about a college classroom. Your life experience, your, your life experience may be that classroom for you. And if you've learned something there that translates into what you would have otherwise learned in a college classroom, why should we not count that toward an official degree or credential certificate? I think that's especially important. You know, the other thing is people used to think, like my son did, graduated from high school, went to Owens for two years, went to BGSU, got his career started in finance and business. And that path works. But there are more and more students now who have their bachelor's degree who are coming back to Owens, to community colleges, to get another credential or certificate to upskill or retrain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what Governor DeWine often says, I got to stop saying this, he's going to get a lot of, uh, he's going to get a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, applications, but to have an English degree with a computer science credential or certificate. He loves English majors and uh, he thinks they think critically and they write and they communicate and that's important. But just having a degree alone is often not going to be enough. And that's where community colleges can do a lot of that upskilling, retraining, credentialing and certificates that can add value to an otherwise traditional, let's say, bachelor's degree. There are thousands of students in Ohio with bachelor's degrees who are getting credentials and certificates at community colleges. So that so we gotta we gotta not think about the traditional, so-called traditional path of college and think about whatever ways we can serve people that have needs. And the way the economy's changing, some of the most important jobs five, seven years from now haven't been established yet. We don't know what they are yet. And so we've got to be able to get people back in a very quick amount of time to get some of these skills, some of these additional strengths to support them. And our businesses will not be as strong if we don't have that kind of continual upskilling, upgrading, retraining of our workforce. Community colleges are right in the forefront of that. Absolutely. Well, and speaking as an English major, I concur with the governor's position on that. You know what? Your, your listeners will think that I already, I did know that, but I wasn't actually thinking of you when I did. I, that was not my intentional lead in. And I'm not an English major either, but I'm, I'm social studies comprehensive way back in the day. But it really means that one specific narrow path is not likely to be all you need. And so to have these variety of options and opportunities, it's just the likelihood is you're going to need multiple opportunities to be a strong employee and to strengthen businesses in the state. Absolutely. I think it speaks to the whole notion of lifelong learning, that it's about opportunities. It's about that experiential learning. It's about internships, co-op, 
learn and earn programs, apprenticeships, all of that comes together to help people build a career. Right. No um, question. And those are opportunities we want them to get right here in Ohio. No question about it. Yep. Right. Chancellor Gardner, it was a pleasure having you on as our first podcast guest. It was a pleasure talking with you this morning, and we really appreciate you making available the time and sharing your insights about Ohio higher education and Owens and how we can work together to help create a brighter future for all of us. Thank you, President. And it's an honor to be your first podcast guest. I uh, look forward to additional ones uh, with others in the community who will be a part of this forum. But we want to educate, we want to uh, communicate, and we want to serve. Thank you for giving me the privilege of of sharing some things together. And rest assured, we're going to continue to work together uh, in the future. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. That was a great conversation. I was really struck by Chancellor Gardner and how he underscored the importance that Owens Community College, community colleges throughout the state, and really all of higher education have an important role to play as we move our economy forward. It really is about not only the region, but the state and the connectivity that we have to the rest of our country. As the 21st century job market continues to evolve, one thing that we can be sure of is that it will continue to change and that people are going to need to come back for upskilling, for additional education, skills, training, so that we can all move our economy forward together. Community colleges are where they can get this education to meet workforce demands and really to change their own personal economic trajectory. I'm excited about the partnerships we have with regional employers and the new partnerships that we're continuing to develop. For our prospective students, whether your aspirations are to become a nurse, an engineer, to continue on to a four-year institution, Owens is here to serve your needs. We want you to reach your fullest potential. In closing, thank you for listening to this first episode of our new podcast. Be sure to subscribe and join for future episodes. The next one is another one that I'm really excited about. I'll be sitting down with Toledo Fire and Rescue Chief Allison Armstrong. She's an Owens alum, and she's gone on to accomplish so much in her career. She embodies the vision that we have as an institution for our students to move forward and achieve their dreams, whether it be a career in public safety or any field that interests them. We have more than 70 programs for students to choose from. You can learn more about our offerings at owens.edu. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can hear my interview with Chief Armstrong and other community leaders who are making a difference across our region. Until next time, take care.